Hello, citizens of the Imperium, and Merry Christmas. Welcome to another episode of the Horace Hour podcast. With me, your Father Christmas for the hour, Sing. And with me, as always, my venerable elf, Varela. Varela, how are you doing? Doing all right. Just wrapping some gifts over here for, for you. Work faster. Work faster. Please, my family. Um. Yes. So, as promised, it is a white Christmas. I hope everyone has got what they the minis they wanted under the tree. Maybe some audio book tokens. Maybe uh, some actual novels. And and yeah, wow. It, it it's a it's, we're closing off uh, a pretty full on year, but it's a year that we have grabbed by the something and really gone for it with this podcast um if you're a patreon you'll have no doubt seen the uh patreon christmas award show video um and if you haven't i highly recommend checking it out i think it's probably the best patreon video in terms of vibe that we've put together um so thank you to thank you to our patreons as always now closing up we we this season's been a little a little bit slow, Varela. I don't know if you agree. We've had, we've had to miss some weeks. There's been a lot going on. Me coming, I'm back home from uni at the moment, so obviously been a lot of moving, um, a lot of organising to be done. So it's been a little bit slow. So it's about time we went fast, don't you think? True. Straight facts right there, man. So what better a way to crank up the speed and hit those, that triple digits kilometres slash miles per hour uh, than cover scars. Truly is a white Christmas, a Christmas miracle. Um, so let's let's get straight into the Thursday ratings for this one. Um, Christmas is all about giving, and you have given us some Thursday ratings for us to cover. So, Dylan, the irregular, has been waiting on this episode for a while he was gutted when we had to put it back so dylan i hope we do we do it justice this week um he scores it nine lodges out of ten cans didn't expect to like this book as much as i did they had everything you wanted in a horace heresy novel there are spoilers by the way so uh magnus actually being a decent bloke khan realizing horace is a bull prick (laughs) and my favorite part they don't just kill the traitors, they actually talk to them. Yes, absolutely. I think this has got some really great dialogue. And I'll, I'll talk about that when I when I give my own opinion. Um, Jim, Jim, how you doing, mate? He gives it a 10, full stop. Purely because going into this, Salamanders were my favourite legion. And this bush, bush, <laughs> book washed that away in a tide of ivory armour. And at great speed, I imagine. Varela, Varela's... He loves to hear this stuff. He's like, I do love to hear it. Add to the add to the the, the scars fan club. Um, it's a Varela's own biker gang. <laughs> they meet every Thursday in Portugal. That's all I know. Um, Lord Dorin gives it a ten out of ten. A book that succeeds in covering an unknown legion and does it so that it perfectly fills a hole in the Horus Heresy tapestry you didn't know was there. Just like Abnet with Legion. Rate takes the facts that you didn't hear about them yet and uses it 
as a way of describing the character of the Legion. Excellent book, great world and character building. The Khan is terrifying but amazing. The White Scars are brilliant. A novel that no one should skip when reading the HH series. I agree. It's gone onto my list of unskippables. Um, Curly Joe gives it a solid 9.5 for me. About as good as heresy novels get. Almost, si- almost single-handedly defined a lot of Scar's culture and combined with Path of Heaven um, led to the, uh, their rise to one of the more popular legions. Cannot recommend enough. Yeah, I mean, this is a thing when you haven't been around as long as, long as the heresy's been. I mean, I was in the hobby when heresy actually started, but I didn't. I sort of fell out of love with it as video games took over my interests and I didn't see the heresy community grow and how they reacted to these novels. And I think like many scars probably did the scar fan base. Um, Carl says 10 out of 10, the best insight regarding warps usage and masterclass that Magnus didn't attend. Ooh, throwing some shade. I don't think it is he didn't attend it. He just didn't care about it up in his yeah. high horse. God he just damn. had like the, the classic high schooler slouch on. Just like, yeah, whatever. I'm running down the clock here, teacher. You know, I know that you know that I'm not going to do any work. So just let me go. Yeah. That's basically him. Uh, yeah. I mean, some really great, all pretty much positive Thursday ratings. I mean, did we have anything? What was the lowest we had? Uh, a nine, nine, a nine, nine. A nine, nine. would be regular. So, let's see what Discord has installed for us, Varela. Sure. All right. So we got the irregular again. Uh, simply saying scars in all uh, that all was, caps. That was good. him telling me, I believe, to put the Thursday ratings up because it got hey. to about half ten in the morning. Hey, I'll take it. I'll yeah. take it as a you know scars. that that yeah that sounds like a great a great grading honestly just scars in all caps love it you know. All right. Uh, as for up next, we got Zegel 7 with a 9.75. This book is incredible. Speed? Check. Angsty Brotherhood flashbacks? Check. Jetbikes in space? Check. Han kicking Morty's ass? Check. Picking up lonely Astartes like lost puppies? Check. The Han serving Morty cold hard facts is one of my favorite parts. He tasted fruits of treachery and found them bitter, aka get wrecked loser. Horus knows he has few to rely on. Oh, I'm fumbling that one. He has few to rely on, and I think Mortarian starts to have some doubts about the rebellion. It's hard to write down every great moment because it would be something literally every chapter. So, so, so good. 9.75 again. All right. So on that, uh, Morty starts to have doubts about the rebellion. Wasn't there a book in 40k that came out uh, relatively recently where Morty was kicking the shit out of uh, Gilliman's ass? And then. False. What? I just sorry. I just heard something negative about Gilliman. So he he was literally dying, man. Come on! And then the emperor shows up, like at least a soul, and Mortarian's just like, "Oh, father!" And then he goes like, "Oh shit, maybe, maybe I am dumb." So so you know, maybe this is where it started, you know. And then ten thousand years later, it's just like, "Ah, oh, oh damn, maybe I am dumb." <laughs> I think when when you get into real like hardcore fans of a Horace Heresy, I think Mortarian is critiqued as not really having a justified fall. And I mean, he has fallen by this point, right? But we get a lot of reasoning in this book as to why that's the case. I'm sure we'll explore that later. But I think I think I think this book actually did a pretty good job of sort of 
giving some more reasoning as to why Mortarion's turned. Alright, on to the next one. We got MPS397. Hmm, a straight 8.00, specifically 0.00. I haven't read this for a while, so distance probably drops the score a bit. I remember being impressed with the amount of things Chris covered, and the big epic set pieces were great. You know what? Thinking about the Han Magnus and then Mortarian sequence on Prospero, score change, 9.0. Lost a decimal place there. I, You know, oh, we all make close. mistakes. We all make mistakes. But, you know, good Mission score. Nine... We'll get him next time. <laughs> you know, he doesn't actually say out of what, so I'm going to choose to believe it's a 9 out of 9. All right? Um, that's just my personal choice. I don't know. I don't know I if mean, that's what you guys want to hear. but It, it speaks it is, to it the quality of the book, right? <laughs> I think, you know... We, we've got we've got people in this this week's Thursday ratings who I trust to some to be very fair with their marks and sometimes they will give a lower mark if they believe that book in their eyes deserves that mark. So the fact that we've got people, basically everyone saying it's at least a nine, is really speaks to how good this book is. True, true, true. Um, I mean, I think we all know where this is going, Varela. Do you want to give <laughs> do you want to give your rating? No, 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 you go first, you go first. Okay. I need you to listen to me, Varela. I'm, I'm listening. In the quotes, in the, as said by Kylo Ren, I know what I have to do, but I don't know if I have the strength to do it. You can do it, I believe. I don't think that's what Han said. That would have been a I, I No, it, it wasn't. Just, just do it. Just kill me. Kill me, my son. <laughs> Scars. By Chris Wright is a ten out of ten. There it is, there it is, boys. We it's did it. We did 10. it. And we it did com- it. It completely snuck up on me. And I just sort of sat there. The book had just ended. And I just I it, it had everything. Now, I know a lot of people I who have listened for a while know that I've said I've been holding out for a book to give my ten out of ten. This wasn't it. This wasn't even the book. But this one has just <laughs> snuck out of nowhere. And uh, in, to quote Bryn from Gavin and Stacey, if you haven't watched it, why not? Um, I'll tell you for why. It is probably one of the best paced books in the Horus Heresy, and yet it has so much in it. And the other book I'm going to give a 10 to, in my opinion, equals that sort of great pacing and content and quality. And I think Chris Wright just... He just he just knocks it out of the park, and and we'll get into the the rest of the story soon, I'm sure. But I mean, I couldn't really poke a hole in it, you know. Even when like characters are appearing that you really didn't expect, it didn't quite feel like, or it didn't even feel like they just teleported to this part of the galaxy. It was like they had their reasons for being there. They knew how character why the characters they wanted to meet were there, and they got you know, and that's how they transpired to be there. And it all it made sense, and yeah, it just all came together. And so I do have to give Scars a ten. Um, congratulations! I know it's been out a while, but Chris has knocked it out of the park. Varela, what are your right. thoughts? As for my rating, I I got I got to be straight using it, it. It has so many decimal places, and may or may not break the scale. All right. Okay, it, it, it's turning just... up for juice. I'm an extra part of. You remember? You remember how you could only have it one ten because it was your favorite book? Mm. Well, I can't give it a ten. 
because this is my favorite book, but I've already rated a bunch of 10 out of 10. Mm -hmm. So so I I got to I got to do it. Okay. I got to do it to him. It's it's, Wait. it's you're right. It was an it's 11. Too much. It was an 11. Do I it. did it. Ah, I did it. Oh. I pulled it. <laughs> Everything's exploding. The it's book's got great pacing. It's got a bunch of story that nobody knew about. It's got stuff that I didn't even know could happen. Like it, it, it's got everything, man. It's got like fleet combat. It's got bolter porn. It's got like ghosts. It's got fucking ghosts, man. What the heck? It hits like every genre, doesn't it? it yeah, it's like first you're chilling, just just chilling, you know, listening to some throat singing while uh, reading yesterday's part, right? And then you just hear like Friday the Thirteenth music start playing, and you you just see someone fucking someone's ghost. You're like, what the heck? <laughs> You know, yeah. yeah, and I think it helps. It's your favorite Legion, and the wiki doesn't have a lot in it, so you really didn't know what you were getting yourself into with this book. Neither did true, I. True. So, yeah, it, it's a book I would recommend. No one looks up anything about. If you're recommending books to people and you say scars, don't tell them anything. Just be like, you're going to enjoy it. Just tell them it's going to be great. It's going to be huge, and you just let them. It's huge. Huge. <laughs> It's going to be the best for it because it, yeah. You could even give him the Master Chief reply. It's like, it's the best. Why, Master Chief? <laughs> because it is. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. It, it's a knockout book. It's a knockout book. It really is. Um, so, I mean, I feel like it, it's only we, it's only right that we just get into it, brother, because otherwise. You know, we're just we're not going to be able to get a talk about it in the juicy detail that we wanted to. So, do you want to do this? Do you want? I, sorry, I would claim. I can't, it? man. I just got them wisdom teeth out. I can't speak loudly, man. You got to do it. Oh seven, Varela's mouth. Okay. <laughs> spoilers. And there it on is. That note, you're in the spoiler zone if you didn't realize already. So, where to start? Well, I guess we'll start at the beginning. Um, unlike. What was it? Deliverance Lost, where I jumped straight to the end. Um, <laughs> a great place to start, the beginning. <laughs> so, um, the... I mean, first off, we have a very... The instant link, basically, between... Although you don't realise it straight away, but we have the instant link between this book and Brotherhood of the Storm, don't we? Because we have yep. two characters that feature in that. Um, is it Shaban and Torgan? We see them basically early days um as is it aspirants or perhaps um shaban is not even an aspirant yet but torgan definitely is right yeah yeah, yeah. shaban shaban isn't an aspirant he's just chilling in a mountain <laughs> <laughs> it's me your boy shaban just chilling <laughs> welcome back to another vlog just chilling in a mountain today um but yeah i i mean we get a look i mean it answers a question as well, especially with Torgan, because Torgan's character, uh, there's there's a re he's called um, what's he called originally? Uh, Harren, Harren is his name, and he's basically a Luna Wolves dropout, which is a really interesting concept. It's like. He does because he, he's an aspirant for the Lunar Wolves, so he's doing all the Lunar Wolves training. He's completely tailored to be a Lunar Wolf, right? And then 
this space marine sergeant just pulls a fast one on him and he's like sorry man we overbooked the flight flight's full you're... Bro, hold up. I, I just realized that I, I just confused a part of Brotherhood of the Storm with this. He's not chilling on a mountain. He is an aspirant. I was thinking about yesterday in Brotherhood of the Storm. I just realized. This guy says he's a White Scars fan, eh? This guy. He's Damn, a joker. Man. Um, but yeah, so so he's he's basically a, a Lunar Wolves dropout. And not even by choice. You know, he's worked very hard. And then all of a sudden he finds himself um headed to the white scars um i don't know if they just pull it out of a hat or something or maybe perhaps the white scars are low on numbers and basically he's told you're going to go here you're going to learn their ways forget everything you learn about being a lunar wolf and it's probably very scarring for this guy and it has massive knock-on effects very very scarring (laughs) oh he got him um Uh, it has a lot of knock-on effects for him that obviously we'll get into um later in the in the episode um but i think yeah i think that's a really cool way to i'm i'm guessing brotherhood of a storm i don't know what the order was even i don't even know what order they came out in so i don't know if brotherhood of a storm came after to sort of give the character some depth i don't think so to be fair I it, think it, it came before because uh, Scars essentially uh, continues the story of Brotherhood of the Storm. Yeah, that's right. It doesn't part. give enough um, context to really justify it being written before Brotherhood of the Storm. So you're right. I think Brotherhood of the Storm first, then Scars. Um, where do we go from there, Varela? Uh, I mean, it, it is what it is. That bit is just that, isn't it? It's just them being aspirants. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, Tamu there's a lot of, there's a lot of actually, cultural discussion, but yeah, Ta- Tamu is actually Shaban is training on Shogoras, uh, as you'd be expecting, and Haran, who is going to be Torgan, is training on Terra. Uh, and yeah, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure um, Torgan didn't get into the Luna Wolves by one slot. Like if he done just a tiny bit better, he would have gotten into the Luna Wolves. I think it, yeah, he, I think it might be five. You know, was it one, five? One would have been a cliche, but Chris Wright, he's too good for that. So but it would be so funny. <laughs> I know it'd be it'd be funny, but uh, yeah, I think it's like. But the gist of it is, as you say, they've just had a very good cadre of aspirants that have done well, and yeah. there's you know no room at the inn. So, so yeah, I mean, going forward from there though, we basically do follow on straight straight on from Brotherhood of the Storm because um, we have the uh, Administratum lady Ilya Ilya getting ready to getting ready to leave Chondax basically to go on to I don't even know where they're planning to go on to at this point I'm pretty sure she's just leaving Chondax uh, onto the sword storm at that yeah. point at the be- very beginning and we have something very curious going on on Themis 4. Yes. No, I'm not even sure. So basically, the Alpha Legion are in play, aren't they? I'm not even yeah. sure. I, I, I'm guessing what's happened is, you know, so their fight, they've been, basically there's been some brotherhoods on that planet, haven't they? Fighting orcs, remnants of Chondax. And they've they've been struggling, I believe is what's happened. It's taken a long time for them. What seemed like an easy job 
is basically taking a long time. And it seems very reminiscent of the, um, there's a, there's a running joke about orc snipers regarding a 40 K chapter. Um, is it the astral knights maybe, or the celestial? It's the astral something, I think. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Imperial fist successes, but Grimaldus links up with an arm again. And it's basically turns out that it's like the inquisition keeps sending them. They're tainted. I think is, is the idea. And the inquisition keeps sending them into massacres and they're, you know, blaming it on orc snipers. Um, and that's kind of similar vibes here, right? It's basically like the Alpha Legion are popping up, sniping a couple of white scars, and then disappearing before anyone even realizes what's happened. Yeah, that, I think that's the implication because um, Shaban just comes across um, essentially Femus is a volcanic planet, so he comes across some lava that has just like finished flowing essentially and is now you know turning to dust because it's also it's like I'm pretty sure it's like Chonex as well, where there's a lot of erosion at all times. So essentially, he discovers a bunch of, uh, well, a, a patrol really of Marines, um, all dead under the lava, and he's like, "Huh, guess the orcs got him." And then he looks at him again and goes like, "Why are there no cuts in them? Why do I only see one wound? This is not an orc thing. What the heck?" Then you know, he he keeps on searching, and he mounts like a full on investigation. It's like. He brought up the strips, man. Like you know those strips saying "police line, don't cross." Don't cross. But, yeah, yeah. He's got that. He's got that shit on lock. He's got it all around the scene. He's like, nothing oh, to see here, folks. Nothing, <laughs> nothing to, see, to here. see here. We gonna investigate these boys. And then he's like, as time goes on, more uh, space marines are uncovered. Eventually, one of them has a medal, a silver medal, that has. It's very uh, explicit the the way he says it. It's like, oh, this has Chogorian markings on it. But they're not made by a Chogorian or on Chogoras. Like, this is very mm. clearly, like, manufactured in, like, a factory or something. Whereas in Chogoras, it would probably be artis- artisanal, right? Or That's something right. like that. He's like, ah, that looks that looks weird. That's not Chogorian, even though it's got Chogoras markers. So he, he, he puts it in his pocket, you know, his little armor pocket. <laughs> his what? <laughs> He's got a pocket. I don't know, probably. I mean, where do they keep all of their ammo other than their power That's a pack, good question. It's you know? a good it, question. In their armor pockets, apparently. In their armor pockets, exactly. Like, they, they, just, <laughs> they just got, like, a pocket that comes in and out, dude, you know? That'd be pretty cool. That would be pretty cool. Uh, but, yeah, he's he's found this patrol. They He eventually reaches the... Uh, well, he doesn't. His apothecary does reach the conclusion that their uh, wounds, which are one stab wound to the neck, were made by uh, legion blades. Mm. And he's like, hmm, could it have been an orc that got a legion blade and stabbed my brothers? Because there's no other good explanation. Mm. Yeah. And then everybody's like, as you read, you go like, bro, you really think? What the heck? Yeah, you know, sp- yeah, space marines who are still canonically before the heresy well it's basically just as the heresy started well, meanwhile we're all like 20 books into the heresy at this point and it's like you're just screaming at your pages like he will kill by a space he's like a pantomime it's like he's behind you it's an alpha legionnaire behind you um but yeah this is all back this is all during the time period of don't be so stupid nothing this bad could ever happen uh because yeah. we're too good we're too good. Yeah, I think he, he does the inevitable 
sort of worst case scenario conclusion he draws is that their white scars started infighting, wasn't it? Yeah, it was something like that, like a brotherhood um, uh, fight, like between two brotherhoods, essentially. Yeah. Uh, Which we know we know can happen. Brotherhood of a Storm demonstrates that because of the looseness of which they're controlled, it can happen. Um, if they, if there's if there's conflict, it could nearly escalate to a fight, which it nearly does between Shaban and Torgan. But then they become best mates. <laughs> yes, that is what happens. And they live happily ever after. Ever after. <laughs> um, Speaking of Torgan, yes. uh, he's doing some dodgy shit. <laughs> yeah, remember that coin? That coin, you know, if you, if you cast your mind back to series one, we know all about these coins. The the frats, the fraternities, I remember now. <laughs> Sup, bruh? Hello, I'd like to go fast bro. here, bruh. Yeah. It's basically a... It's a car club. It's a it's a car club. It's not a biker gang. It's like it's like a Californian supercar club. That's where Torgan's off to. But um, yeah, I mean, we know that lodges are basically everywhere in the um, in every legion. That's because like as as Lorg, I think it's pretty offhand the comment that's made in the first heretic. But I think Lorgar goes full rat and he decides he's going to. Basically, get the, spread the librarians out into every legion, each with a big old money bag of of uh, lodge coins um, to give out and start clubs. Basically, um, all on surface level, relatively harmless. But as we see going forward in this book, they're pretty harmful, bad for your health. It, it ain't great. It's not. As we've seen in a few other places, they yeah. they they do some messed up shit. Yes. Um. Where do we go from here? We. God, there's so much. There's a lot going on. Um. We can we can um you know pan over to the next planet, which is Chogoris, uh, where Yesuge is currently at. Um, yeah. And talk about what he's been doing. Yesuge probably the strongest character in this book i think i'd say anyway i think he's got the most development uh throughout the story would you agree or would you go for yeah no 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 definitely yes okay there's a few points where i just want to give him a big bear hug and get crushed in the process because he would absolutely kill me <laughs> no he's a pretty nice guy unless you're a rat he's got he's got a thing about rats but no he would kill me as he hugs me back i mean oh uh, okay <laughs> That's a shame. You'd die happy though, right? Yeah, totally worth. Totally worth. <laughs> um, yeah, so... I mean, we've got Nikea again. No, Nikea. It's in every book at this point. It, it, it also highlights how big an event Nikea actually is. Something that happened for us all the way back in Series 2. But it's still yeah, going. So. It's still going because obviously we've time-jumped basically back. Not quite as far as the Dark Angels books, but somewhere in between basically i think does mortarian say so at the end of a book towards the end mortarian's talking did he say did he say my legion is at istvan or was at istvan was at istvan was at istvan so it's yeah. after istvan 5 obviously it's after istvan 5 because we've got the shattered legion characters yeah yeah so that's sort of where we're at we're, at, we're after istvan 5 um 
So it can't, I mean, it also speaks to how far out the white scars are. You do get that feeling of them being completely out there on their own. I don't know which part of the galaxy they're at. Um, but yeah, I mean, yes, a guy, he doesn't agree with, he doesn't agree with Nikea. Um, which is, which is interesting because we don't really see it too much, do we? But the, cause he's not at Nikea. Very helpful. Thank you, Khan. But the, but the Khan is a mass, was one of the OG librarian founders, wasn't he? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So was it, it was him. I want to say it's him, Sanguinius, and Fulgrim is at Nikea, but I can't remember where, where he really stands. I feel like he's pretty supportive. F- Fulgrim, I, I think Fulgrim was a rat. He was a snake. A snake oh, is okay. more, more fitting of Fulgrim. Like, he pretended to be sad about the librarians, but I don't think he really cared. He's just playing, he was just playing, the, he's just trying to be nice to everyone, sort of. Yeah, thing. the original three were the, the Han, Sanguinius, and, um, and Magnus. Yeah. Even though That's Magnus right. completely missed the point of the librarians. Yeah. No, guys, what about... Yeah, 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 yeah. The librarian sounds great, guys. But what if... What if everyone... What if the librarians was everyone? I mean... Not only everyone, but we just let them do whatever the fuck they well, want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bro. What? Moderation? What's... Never heard of that. Checks and... Checks and what? Balances? Religion bad? Let's form a bunch of cults. <laughs> yeah. Come on, guys. Come on, guys. I see nothing wrong here. Uh, yeah, these little you got these little magic animals flying around next to people. Like, look how cute they are. Yeah, look how they cute they are. Oh, it can't be anything bad. It just destroyed that rhino. Oh, don't worry about it. That's just that's just normal bird stuff, you that know. Bird, this bird just put Khan and railed him onto a rhino. <laughs> <laughs> this bird just that's became a rhino and impaled itself on Khan. I mean, I'm nothing wrong. Um, I di- I digress. Um, yeah, I. Where do we go from here? We I know I know the next big bit. I do like it, but um... I mean, you can just give a rundown of what yesterday's been doing because we we talked a lot about the events, but we didn't actually say what he was doing. Well, like, go on, then. Take it okay, on. so essentially Yesugei got split off from uh, the White Scars to represent the, the Han and the uh, and Ikea. Yeah. Um, and he goes there and he's like, I can barely speak low gothic. Oh, God. And he tries to go like, yeah, the Librarius was made so we can practice in moderation. And he's like, okay, th- that didn't go that badly. And then he watches Magnus come out onto the stage and go like, unlimited power. <laughs> And he's like, God damn it. Yeah. It should have been the Han here. I, I can't do this shit. What the heck? I'm getting too old for this. Then you know re- yeah, Magnus really did just Leroy Jenkins for counseling Nike, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he did. He completely missed the point, man. Like he's like when I read um when I read Thousand Sons, I was like, Oh, you know, he is making some good points. And then as time went on, I I just like slowly realized that guy was yeah. a massive idiot. <laughs> yeah, like, no, because you're seeing it from Magnus's POV, right? So you're thinking, yeah, I just did really good. I was really good. And then you get like the third person perspective or someone else's and it's just this raving red cyclops on the stage just <laughs> screaming at his dad, like telling him, you can't tell me what to do. <laughs> yeah, essentially. 
it was like it's such a different it, it's really funny how that like perspective shift also complete well shifts your perspective ain't it but like completely mm. shifts the like um the content of it as well because you're like oh okay so he just wants to practice psyker stuff right and then you look at it from someone from someone else's perspective and you're like oh he wants to be unhinged <laughs> you know yes it's like it's, it's funny to me but yeah moving on he goes like well that that's that we're, we're done but you know it doesn't really matter it's not like they'll know that i still do psyker stuff i'm out i'm out there in the middle of goddamn nowhere so i'll just keep doing it who cares i can't turn it off so he goes back to Chogoras, where he stays for a few years, I'm pretty sure. Like, overseeing um, training and whatnot. Because he's, like, actually second in command of the whole fucking Legion. <laughs> so he can do whatever the hell he wants. That's right, yeah. And he keeps getting these, these nightmares. Where he uh, sees the, the Han fighting someone. and But, like, completely, you know jarring to him is the fact that not only is he fighting someone but he loses and he dies right in front of him right there and he always wakes up right before the hunt actually dies i'm pretty sure so he gets struck down but he's not actually dead and then he wakes up mm. right so he's like oh this couldn't be the true meaning of this nightmare there must be another meaning and i'm like are you sure about that chief is yeah. there really another meaning that might be very literal it's a metaphor Oh, is it? I mean, it seems pretty clear cut. This this isn't this isn't some Raven Guard Imperial Army guy seeing some crazy crow in his dreams, you know, and getting a vibe. It, this is pretty on the nose. What's happening here? Although he does also get a vibe, which you know, as most powerful psychers would, uh, he acts on it. He goes like, "Well." I got some bad vibes about this. I'm going to travel half the galaxy to rendezvous with my Primarch. <laughs> I'm going exactly. back to John X. You know, he, he, he follows he follows his word. He's going to rendezvous with his Primarch. But then later on, there's some there's some complications. But I think now I think now we jump elsewhere. Yeah, and this there. is where things get really interesting. Sons of Fenris be like, allow me to introduce myself. Uh, this was a complete wild card. I didn't. I really didn't, it took, you know, you don't really, much like I imagine, this is probably how it feels to be like a, an Imperial administrator trying to deal with the White Scars. You don't really know where Scars is going for a long part of the book. Like, it's all very good, but you're like, where is this, where is this going to round off? And it's not, it's it, it sort of, the book almost climaxes towards the end, right? It's not, it's not sort of, there's no in the middle big point is that there is no center there is no center the center is where you are <laughs> you find the khan at the end of a book you find the center but um you know i mean we have sons of russ we even have one of the most famous sons of russ not quite the fell handed i don't think he's called yet but he is bjorn the one-handed um just just chilling out well they um they're sort of very somber aren't they which yeah. is, again, I mean, you know, we spent so much time talking about him. I think we can admit that, yeah, it's not, it's a White Scars book. It's also a Thousand Suns book. I think there's an argument to be made that, in a way, this is a Thousand Suns book um, as in their story. Because it's, it's we know now that Magnus is on the planet of the Sorcerers. And we will, at some point, cover the Crimson King, which shows us more about that. But this is sort of like, 
how everyone else is feeling after Prospero. You know, when they discover it at various points, so the scars don't visit there towards the end of a book, and they and they feel it. But but we also get the look at the space wolves after they've done the deed, which I think is really cool because they're not. It's not them, you know, Viking style sound scrawled and all drinking loads of beer and having a great time. They're not. They're pretty. Um, pretty drained. It almost feels like I don't know what sort of. Uh, emotions you were picking up off of them? Uh, I definitely think like frustrated and manipulated would be two great words for the Space Wolves because like they're frustrated that they've been used, obviously, and manipulated mm. because they've been used as well. But they're all, also like, damn, we could have we could have actually prevented this. We were kind of dumb. We didn't need to just nuclear, just go nuclear on the planet. We could have just gone down. We could have just sent a message gone like okay like the emperor says we need to bring you guys in so like can you just give up <laughs> but instead russ just yells at a man that isn't even being controlled by a thousand sons because he thinks he's being controlled by a thousand sons you know um and and it's like it, it just feels as you said somber that was a word right mm. it, it feels really just you know, they're shell shocked in a way, almost. It yeah, feels like they're just sort of they don't really know what to make of themselves. Yeah, and, that... and they they're starting to turn that into aggression towards Horus now, and they're going they're going to go back, they're going to go back to Terra, get find out exactly what's going on, and then go get back on the front foot, and, and then stab someone. <laughs> But wait, why do I hear the Among Us imposter noise? Uh, sorry, it's a dead joke. I thought I was going. Yeah, I thought I was going to go Mr. Sandman for a second. Mr. Sandman, don't attack my ship. But yeah, I mean, we get the twist as as it would. This isn't, a, it's not a White Scars book. It's not a Thousand Suns book. It's an Alpha Legion book. Once again. <laughs> Always has been. <laughs> Always will be. Um, yeah, I mean, we get the Alpha Legion slipping through the void to strike at the disorganized Space Wolves, which I think is really cool. I mean, the Alpha Legion love to ensure that before they try and give a killing blow, that someone is as confused as possible. It's their whole, it's their whole, it's their thing. It's their shtick. Um, but uh, we got some great void combat, you know. We got some great boarding action in that engagement. Because uh, at this point, the novel starts um, cutting back and forth, doesn't it? Between sort of scars. Um, it's like it's like we've got the Khan strand, Yusugai strand, and then the space wolves. And the space wolves sort of peter out, don't they, towards the end? But I mean, we can talk yeah. about the space wolves in their entirety now. Because we get some really cool void combat against the Alpha Legion. We got like I'm trying it's Bjorn's got his own Bjorn and Co have kind of got their own ship don't they yeah I don't remember what its name is but it's just an escort and he goes like oh no the Rafunkel which was uh which is the flagship, the, the flagship of the space was taking a beating because their void shields are, shields are down and so he goes like tally ho lads and he just <laughs> throws his escort ship into uh well into the fire really to try and cover the Rafunkel and he just tells uh, the humans, like, you know what's up. Yeah, you know, you know what's up. 
I'll, yeah, I'll you, you you are now honorary space wolf. Sacrifice yourselves for the emperor right now. <laughs> he just general grievous is it, man? <laughs> He's like, style you on command. Time to abandon ship. Time to abandon <laughs> ship. Yeah, <laughs> but instead of fully abandoning ship, he actually goes onto the ship that's apparently uh, worse off than his is. He boards the Ruffinkel. Because I think, uh, he, he, think boarding in the aggressive sense as well, right? Didn't he fire himself? He fu- they have one man boarding torpedoes, right? Yeah, they, they, they literally like attack it. <laughs> they, they literally hollowed out some regular torpedoes, to, pulled out all the explosive payload, and just put like a mining laser on the tip of it, and then put themselves in it. <laughs> exactly, man. Yeah, that was pretty cool. They're in like little one man torpedoes. I think there's only is there only three of them. Oh, there's six. There's six, six uh, torpedoes, but I think only four landed, something like that. That's right. Someone's going to make it. At least you like, at least it's not. Uh, every time I hear about someone teleporting in the Horus Heresy after No No Fear, I'm there like crossing my fingers, like, oh, please. After that one Space Marine literally no clipped into the <laughs> into the floor. That is a horrible way to go. Um, and yeah, we, they're like fighting, aren't they, in the dark? And then you have Russ literally comes along and fucking guts a contemptor dreadnought in front of yeah, everyone because they're like gripping through a bunch of uh I- i'm not sure if they actually i think they kill a few regular alpha legion alpha legioners and That's then right. like a contemptor just comes around the corner like well what up buddy hello there <laughs> hello there <laughs> General kenobi. it makes sense they abandon ship like grievous and they get obi-wan kenobi yeah they, exactly. they get punked by obi-wan kenobi luckily Luckily, Russ is there with his blaster. He, he despises blasters. He tears his thing apart, basically, with his hands at one point, I think. Um, yeah, he, he literally... It's really gruesome when you think about it, because this huge man, who is bigger than the Dreadnought, I assume, literally just shoves his hand... Like It's a fatality. He shoves his hand into the armor, and then he pulls out the body inside, man. Like, yeah. what the hell? It's really contrasting, isn't it? In the Horus Heresy descriptions tend to have the dreadnoughts as like literally just a flesh blob, whereas like a lot of forty k cross sections tend to have them as like a human body in there. But most of what I've read in the Horus Heresy is they have been reduced just to. So I don't know if that's deliberate. I don't know if the Mechanicum literally cut away everything that isn't needed. It's but mostly like, just organs, as far as I'm aware. Like yeah, it's like I think. Um, do you know about Rylanor? Uh, yeah, yeah. Covenant. Like when Fulgrim pulls him out of his chassis, he's literally just like baby hole cradling like bits of flesh that are just sloughing apart. And then Rylanor's like, <laughs> F you, buddy. So I'm about to send you I'm about to send you an image, by the way. I'm, just, I'm sorry, it has That's to right. happen. I'm not sure if I want to look. Uh, no, no, no. But this is literally like, okay, I'm going to describe what I'm sending Sing okay. as well as the Dreadnought at the same time because it's essentially the same thing. So as um, Russ pulls the Dreadnought out, there's actually this description uh, that goes like, oh, he's essentially just a bunch of organs and then there's like brain mass with eyes and that's a sen- that's what I'm sending Sing right now so he can have a little bit of a laugh. Uh, <laughs> that's literally the Dreadnought. <laughs> it's literally just brain, a brain with eyes coming out of the front. You know what I'm saying? It looks a lot like um, the Martians from Mars Attack. True, 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 true. <laughs> Basically what you need to think of them. Think of them as. Yeah, and, and 
I mean, that's just a small part of the story, the, the Space Wolf arc, really, isn't it? Russ berates. Russ is like, why have you fired a load of torpedoes into my ship? I'm doing fine. Um, and it's not... It's not uh, and they sort of... They... They slip away, don't they? I think short and sweet is how I would describe it. I don't think it needed anything more. The book's about white scars at the end of the day, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's also um, really, it's really interesting how Russ does a full 180. He goes like, you just put a bunch of holes on my ship. What the hell, man? And then he goes like, you know what? I like you. <laughs> you got balls, kid. You got balls, You kid. got a lot of heart. Um... Yeah, and obviously this is a um, this is a uh, scars novel. So obviously we have to talk about Dawn, Baldor, and Malkador. Yeah, uh, baby. as you do in White Scars books. Um, I mean, we've got we've had so many of these cut twos now, and stuff I've read mainly short stories. But there's so much Dawn on Terror content that this part. I won't lie. It was okay. Didn't. It was probably the weaker part of the book for me. Um, it's like there's not a lot of it, and it's just it's thumb twiddling and all being like hindsight's twenty twenty sort of thing. You know, at the end of the day, they're like, "Oh, we should have done this." It's like, well, what are you gonna do? Um, yeah. So let's get back to the to the white scars. Um, where do you want to go from here, Varela? Well, we should probably talk about. Uh, I I would say we go for the for yesterday's trip first, and then we just do the whole uh, Han part in one go. What do you sure. think? Yeah. Um. So. Um. You're talking about yesterday hooking up with the broken lads. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's a so really we'll... it's a really interesting rendezvous. Yeah. So we have. Um... I forget exactly how he ends up meeting with them. He gets, he's, do they drop out of the warp? Yeah, yeah. it's like the biggest coincidence ever. It's like everything is empty space for light years around and they just go like, yeah, we got to drop into real space because our our engines are like guttering out. The Geller field isn't doing too good. I'm pretty sure I just saw that woman turn into a half fly being. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we um we hosted didn't we we well sorry hosted we judged the cold open stories basically uh, their sort of Halloween one because it was for the month of October and there were so many great stories but a lot of them were about failing Gellerfields so we have a pretty good idea now of what to expect if your Gellerfields start failing so I think we would have made the same decision as you see okay, as, soon, as soon as we were like the Gellerfield's not 100% I'd be like whatever press the button rather, press, press the button, button. <laughs> I'd rather just blow up to be honest cuz I uh, I don't I'm not ready I'm not ready for that um I'm not Drukari man I wasn't raised for this so yeah they uh they drop out and they get attacked by a Sons of Horus ship they don't get attacked. They get interdicted at first. It's like, oh, you gotta, you gotta stop right there, criminal scum, or we'll shoot the shit out of you. And they're like, no, we won't stop. We're fast, and they start running. Uh, but eventually, uh, I think Yesuge just goes like, you know what? Screw it. What could go wrong? Let them in. <laughs> they would have right. shot us to shit if they wanted to already. Might as well just yeah. let them in. And uh, surprise, surprise, it's not Sons of Horus. We get one Iron Hands and a squad of uh, salamanders. Yeah, uh, including I mean, a captain. 
It wouldn't be a White Scars book without Salamanders. Wouldn't it? <laughs> At this point, it's got everything. It's got them all. <laughs> what legions aren't in this book? Uh, Raven Guard? Yeah, that's true. It would have been nice if we'd had a Raven Guard. But at the same time, I think the Raven Guards all got away, Honest Van, relatively together. It doesn't make a lot of sense for them. There's, a, there's only going to be a few of them that escape with other ships. So, yeah, yeah I guess. There was a couple on that uh, one book. Uh, Vulcan dies. Or Vulcan dies? Vulcan lives. Vulcan oh my god. Dies. Yeah, Vulcan dies. Oh yes, great. <laughs> it's a very yeah. short book. <laughs> it's a very short book. You, you started. He's got yeah. to start. Basically, that Salamander's <laughs> guy was just a nutter. He's like, Vulcan <laughs> lives. He really doesn't, man. He really doesn't. He's dead. Roll credits. <laughs> Roll credits. But yeah, uh, and Vulcan <laughs> lives. <laughs> and Vulcan lives, you get two Raven Guard, I think. Two no, Raven from Guard. From now on, you have to call it Vulcan dies. That is the rule. <laughs> and, yeah, you're right. Yeah, right. In Vulcan dies, we have all of the Shadow <laughs> Regions. Um, oh, God. Yeah. And and basically, th- this is the great thing about the book is, I think it was it. Um, who? I'm sorry, guys. The Thursday rating that said um, they talked to the traitors rather than just killing them, and that's something that's a great angle that's exploited in this um, in this book is the the scars have no idea what's going on, so they're not. And they're not a very aggressive... They like to know what's going on before they commit themselves. So the whole book is um, is them trying to figure out, right? They're sort of just sort of trying to gauge who's the good guys here. So, you know, even if it had been word bearers or Sons of Horus, sorry, who come aboard that ship, I don't think Yasu guys straight away would have been like, blast them. <laughs> you know? Um, so even now, with the Shattered Legions, they he... I think does he look into their minds? Does he do some mind stuff to try and figure out if they're telling the truth? Uh, I think he does at one point, but it's not too much. I think it's like that kind of. I think they know, level. don't they? I think he's kind of blocked against it. I want to say he tries it on the salamander. I think that's a tiny bit later on. Okay. And it's not. I don't think it's it's with the salamander, but because I remember that he does get into someone's head uh, at some point. And um, yeah. and they notice essentially. They they go like, you probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, it's not very nice. <laughs> um. Yeah. So where do we go from there with the Strat Legions? They do they need a ship? Is that what's happening? No, they still have a ship. They have a. They renamed it. It's the um. Oh, what's the name? Damn it. <laughs> I must look it up. It, it, it says this. It's got to happen now. Sure. Is it a Selenar? It's not a Selenar, is it? Because that's uh, a... Um, they had a they had a novella. The Sons of a Selenar is a novella by GMAC um, in the Siege of Terror. Um, hey, if you find out, let me know. But basically, the Yasugai and the Shattered Legions... Uh, end up conducting a mission, don't they? Or do they get boarded? No, they go to they go to a facility, don't they? Uh, yeah, yeah, they go to a uh, listening post somewhere. I think listening post, and yeah. and then you know, it wouldn't be a scars book if it didn't have word bearers. So we get <laughs> we get a group of word bearers briefly, and we get their POV, and basically, um. 
There's a group of them. They're all called something strange. Some tiles, some argles. Um, uh, a Zaphon, I think. Is there a Zaphon? Is that right? Uh, I, I only remember Ledak. Ledak. Is that the guy, guy they capture? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the boss man. And they're like sneaking through and they're like, something ain't right. It's like if you're... It's like, it's like you're playing Alien Isolation, but loads of Colonial Marines have stormed the station and you're the alien and all of a sudden <laughs> you're the turns of table. So you're the bad guy still, but you're being hunted by all the good guys. And they literally open a door at one point and they just hear stormtroopers shouting, blast them! And bolt rounds just blast down this corridor. And so they try and retreat. This guy, Lairdak, he loses comms with one guy, loses comms with another and he gets stopped by Yasugai and, it's, and you know with his uh, psychic powers it's very he, cool. he literally gets bonked doesn't he <laughs> yeah yeah he bonked. Um, and he gets knocked out and um, he wakes up <laughs> that's, that's what usually follow um, and we get the scene we get Yasugai torturing him which is pretty interesting. Wait, wait, wait. That's way later, though. Because now, now. Oh, we'll they... go pretty arc. What do you want me to say? This is more important, man. Come on, come what, on. the name of a the ship they're on? No, no, no. Like, uh, he wakes up again, but uh, Yesuke is messing with his mind because he wasn't expecting it. And so okay. he goes, like, get me back to my ship. And then he's like, wait, no, stop. Because he realizes that there's, like, a bunch of Marines around him that are hidden from him. And that his mind's being clouded. And that they're going to teleport with him to his ship. Uh, which isn't ah, a great yes. thing. <laughs> You're right. You know? That's um, that was a pretty cool. That was a pretty cool scene. Whereas they are uh, on the teleportation deck, isn't it? And then they uh, they let him on. Bad move. <laughs> yeah, there's Bad literally move. two menials walk into the uh, teleportation chamber, look and look up and go like, "Oh shit, not again!" <laughs> they just get. <laughs> Torn to pieces, man. Oh god, that's yeah. such a good scene. The loyalists don't mess around either in this book, which I like. Once the white scars know who the bad guys are, man, they don't mess around. They uh, they go to town. Uh, yeah, I mean it's a really cool, it's a really cool encounter. So they take control of the word bearer ship, and then I got a message from you as you were reading along, and you were like, uh, "Oh no, we were talking, weren't we?" And you said, "Man, it's crazy when that salamander." Was it a salamander or the iron hand? It's a salamander, right? Uh, that does what? <laughs> Jumps headfirst into a demon engine. Or was uh, that the uh, iron? No, it was the uh, iron hands. The iron hand. So we have a tech savvy, of course, iron hand, who's working on a logic computer. And, you know, Yasuga's been preaching this whole time. He's like, man, hey, man, did you? He's like, got all this clout. And he's like, I know, I know Ezekiel Araman. Yeah, I know. You heard of him? Yeah, we're friends. And I always tell him, you're going a bit too far with all this uh, mind-measuring stuff. Anyway, this computer's talking to me, so I'm just going to give it loads of power. Don't mind me. And uh, and then basically wakes up a demon computer. Trojan <laughs> demon virus. demon computer? I can only imagine one of those big, like, old white monitors just, like, coming out of the warp. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a... There's a word document called "not a virus," <laughs> and he's like, "Yes, please." Double clicks it, and uh, 
all hell breaks loose. And this is all because of Yusugai. And so, yeah, this Iron Hand, who they've got on a little bit with. He sort of opened his mind a little bit because the Iron Hand, the Iron Hand is a bit of a stereotypical Iron Hand, bit angry, bit miserable, um, doesn't like warp magic. He's had his mind opened a little bit to that. And he just goes in. I love, I love how it's like, dude, if this wasn't a demon computer, <laughs> if this hammer blow that he hit would have killed it. But it doesn't. It is a demon computer, so it kills him. Very no, 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 he doesn't die. It's Zafin, Zafin that dies. Hold up, you're, you're oh, confusing man. the whole thing. So the Iron Hands dives into the computer to fix it. Like, he goes actually inside the thing to fix it. so Or, okay. or to figure out what it does, right? Then he comes out, he goes like, yo, I did it. And Yesuke's like, okay, let me use it. And as he uses it, he obviously, you know, essentially tears a rift into the warp and summons a demon. And then Zafin, Zafin, um, the Enrico's, who was the Iron Hand, and Yesuke are like, uh-oh, stinky. And they start fighting this massive demon in this really enclosed mm. space. And uh, Zafin just gets like, it, it just pounces on Zafin and destroys him. Like, it just straight up kills him yesterday then you know starts unleashing some warp powers on him and he dies but yeah is this after they found the map yeah the, the map is the engine like uh yesterday i like to think i like to think that the demon is dora the explorer's map just playing that song on repeat that's the real hell that's what's really in the warp guys can you oh, no. see nurgle um, he's right there do, behind you please he's, he's mad he's right there um, that'd be a great short story the Gellerfield fails and you start seeing Dora the Explorer <laughs> Dora the Explorer um, is like do you see the demon and you're like uh oh I don't see the demon oh no <laughs> oh my goodness man not again um yeah, and, and but they do get before the, the demon computer kicks off, they get to see basically how this you know, we needed we needed this. We needed this explanation. And it's basically they're getting information mainly off the warp because of it the link between the warp and the computer. When ships go into the warp, it's getting like it's getting its barcode scanned by the demons, and then they tell the demon computers, and then the demon computers realize that data, you know, you know provide that data onto a map so it's um you basically got a map of when ships are in the warp you can see where they are and where they're going um and it allows you sugai to sort of figure out i mean they're like wow the ultramar's fucked mate it's like no oh, look at over there Gilliman's, yeah. not gonna be having a very good time i think one uh, thing that's kind of implied but never um fully confirmed is that in real space i think it's the lodges that provide um information even mm. on the on a ah yeah they skype on call with Horus, the yeah. ones within the white scars yeah um so yusuke is obviously like i gotta go find jagatai so off we go oh look there he is where's he going oh is he going to Trigoris? no he's going to prospero <laughs> and that brings us to the khan's arc um, the Khan, the Khan, the Khan. What did you think of it? Primark overusage of Primarchs get a lot of heat in Horus Heresy books. 
sometimes. What did you think of the use of the Khan in this book? Did you think there was enough of him? Too much of him? There was a lot of him, and I loved every single second. Yeah. There, there you go. That's my whole opinion right there. Have you ever seen that meme? I just want to say I have done nothing wrong in my life, like ever. No. And it's, I, I know this and I love you. Ah, it's from Parks and Rec, man. Oh, I have seen that. Yeah. 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 Okay. That is, that's you and Chris Rate. <laughs> Chris Rate. Chris Rate is just like, I just want to say I've done nothing wrong ever. Brother. I've only had Chris Rate for one day, but if something happened to him, I would kill everyone in this room <laughs> and then myself. He did. Oh, damn. That's, a bit, that's very grim dark of you. That, that's a that's a meme, too. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, well. There you go. We're. we're Oh and no, for knowing our memes, um, we've had Brotherhood of a Storm as well, haven't we? That's two. That's a, more than one day. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean the Khan. I mean, due to time, should we get to where it gets really good, really juicy? We get to the Khan. We the Khan. They do have an encounter with the Alpha Legion. The Alpha Legion are like, "Oh, where are you going? Where are you going? Oh, I'm gonna stop you. I'm gonna stop you." And the Khan's like, "No." We're gonna, I keep doing this gesture with my hand, you know, where like one hand skims off the other and shoots forward. That's, you know, what you guys know what I'm talking about. That's basically what the Khan's doing this whole book. Anytime someone tries to stop him, he's like the, no. He just goes like, you know, what's really good at piercing stuff? Spears. Let's make one in space. Space. Yeah, exactly. It's, um, so they just go fast. They just leave the Alpha Legion in the dust. They make sure that this doesn't become an Alpha Legion book. Um, and let's say inevitably he gets to Prospero there's a lot of plot and dialogue in between that but here we are and he goes down goes down to the planet uh, and he gets separated the last time we had the last time this happened was on Davin and it was Horus and the Justarian and um, or maybe not the Justarian but it's Horus and the uh, some of the there's a couple Torgad. of captains. It was Loken. No, right? no, no. Loken and Torgad and the left no. outside because they've been. Oh yeah, you're right. It was a. Uh... Oh, what's his name? Sir Other ones something? that no one cares about. Sorry, Sons of Horus players, but damn. <laughs> you know, once they once they stop being Lunar Wolves, to unlucky, know, unlucky. Um. So, yeah. So I'm feeling pretty stressed for the Khan at this point. And um, they've encountered these, as you said at the start, you said ghosts, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, Jellyfish it's ghosts. Insect ghosts. They're, they're like... Jellyfish ghosts. They're like hornet ghosts, but massive. It's I a psychonoid. I think they're described as jellyfish at one point. And so I'm... Pretty sure they're insects, twice, man. Pretty sure. Pretty sure. Pretty sure. I'm not a vet. <laughs> I don't know. But... Um, they, they don't die easy, unless you have a Khan. But I think the Khan is always alluded to. He's got some sort of psychic. He's got like, he has like passive psychic, it feels like, right? All Primarchs do. It's a, it's that kind of, you know, aura they emit as well. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I think the Khan is just especially powerful in that regard, you know? Yes. And so we have the... Um, Khan's bodyguard, the Kenshig, is that what they're, is that how you pronounce it? It says Keshig, yeah. Keshig, who have very cool models, by the way, very cool models. Um, basically trying to survive. Who do they run into, Varela? A ghost. 
Oh wait, no. You, you, wait, the the Keshig. Well, technically a ghost. You could call it a ghost. You know, a ghost of a legion. Yeah, poor guy. Poor guy. Well, Revuel Arvida for anyone. Arvida from the short story we did a couple of weeks ago. True, 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 so, true, 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 true. as always, Kyle's Horus Heresy order um, has done as a good one. I feel like it was pretty cool. I mean, it also. What I will say though. Basically, like everyone's been to Prospero at this point. It's like the Disneyland of the Horus Heresy. <laughs> it's like Khan's been there. Obviously, all the Thousand Sons have been there. Khan and Khan. So, Morty, Russ, Valdor. Even who, the who, Sisters who, of Silence, man. Who hasn't? Yeah, exactly. All a load of custodies. Um, who has not been there? I mean, it's obviously. It's, I mean. It's destiny, right? And that planet's got a lot of psychic pull. So it makes sense. I mean, there's some logic to it. Um, and they meet up with him and he's like, oh, there's no luck. No, not going to be any chance for your Primark. And they, they're like, kind of worried. They're like, kind of worried. They don't want to leave him. But at the same time, they're not that worried. It doesn't feel like they're that worried about him, you know, because it is the Kargan. Um, meanwhile... Got a completely organized, well-drilled White Scars force waiting in space. Oh, sorry. It's been uh, given some new information. Nope, everything in space is going to shit. Um, because throughout this whole story, we have the dual narrative, you know, the dual opposing sides, basically, that form over the course of this book really well between um, the two White Scars from Brotherhood of the Shaban Storm. Shaban and Torgan. Shaban and Torgan, thank you. You want, you want to do a uh, recap on that storyline? It basically, for those of you who didn't watch Brotherhood into the Storm, I don't blame you. It was a short story episode, but we're back with a banger. Um, Torgan, Terran captain, got denied by the Lunar Wolves. Very sad. And they were like, well, you've already painted your armor white after the White Scars. Shaban, homegrown Chagorian, uh, loves, love Chorgris, love Step, love Kargan. Um, <laughs> and basically, they meet uh, on Chondax. Don't like each other at first because the Terrans. It's basically like if me and Varela were White Scars commanders. But Torgan the Terran, very organized, more disciplined, uses stuff like infantry, which um, Shiban doesn't. Shiban is like either you're riding a bike or you're running to try and keep up with the bikes. No such thing as tactical movement, charge. Um, inevitably, they compromise. Uh, and begin to form. They they don't see each other much, which is which is good in a way. They kind of pick up right where they've left off in scars. Basically, I might I might to get this right by the way. Just a little side note that they meet practicing riding bikes on a spaceship. Yeah. So um, Torgan's just had a lodge meeting because he's a member of the lodge. Spoiler. Yeah. Uh, That's right. And yeah. Um, another white scar, an actual Chagorian one uh, that. We get we get the, his identity at the end of the meeting. Uh, goes like, yeah. So that Shaban guy, that guy, kind of cool. You want to try and invite him? And he's like, oh heck yeah. Uh, turns out it was Hazik Noyan Khan. Don't tell anyone. All right, it's like one of the Lord Commanders kind of thing. That's yeah, right. Don't tell anyone. Right, anyways, um, Torgan follows Shaban into the uh, circuit that the storm storm uh, that the sword storm has. Which they're so focused on their speed that they've actually like cut off a part. I'm pretty sure it's just maintenance tunnels, right? 
and they just went like, yeah, this is a racing track now. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I yeah, love it. It's so it's, good. It's so cool. It's just full of like tubes and shit. Like you can tell this isn't meant to be a track, but they've made it into one and it's so cool. So essentially, um, yeah, Shaban is going. And uh, it's like, you know, a Need for Speed, how there's that chase game mode where if someone, like, the guy that's chasing needs to pass the, the guy that's yeah. being chased. It's essentially that, but they actually have, like, almost a kilometer in difference, which is insane. And Shaban's like, I'm the fastest rider in the West. You'll never catch me. And, like, pulls on the fucking thrust and then almost bumps his head into a tube because of that. And then, like, there's a bunch of stuff like that where he stumbles essentially at one point and the second guy just speeds past him and you're like well that's a really cool Chogorian right there right what the heck that guy's fast and then like they get outside and it's actually Torgan Khan and you're like if you can go fast why don't you go fast huh well what happened in Shondax what the heck mm. and Torgan is just like well I had to go fast to catch up to you so I went fast <laughs> exactly and yeah and um and yeah, so so obviously they meet up again, as you say, and Torgan tries to get Shiban into this lodge. And it basically, it's a mirror of Loken, really, isn't it? He, he goes, learns loads of information, decides he doesn't like it, and then is going to use that information to try and stop what they're planning um, because he doesn't like it. Because the Khan has told them, we don't know what's going on. Don't do anything rash. And this lodge is like, I'm gonna do something rash. And uh so Shiban's like, we gotta we gotta stop this. So Shiban starts rallying um his boys to try and and get ready. I forget his second in command. Haji? Is it Haji? Is his... it's Joshi. Joshi. Okay, that's right. Um and yeah, so as as the Khan is sort of scouring through the Chambers of Prospero, up in space. Nothing has kicked off yet, but battle lines are going to inevitably be drawn as, as tensions rise between the two factions of the White Scars. And then we get the Khan and Magnus. This was a great piece of dialogue. I, the Khan has back-to-back -back excellent conversations in this book. I will say that. And I think he, they Chris Ray does great Primark talk. Some, some, some books the Primarchs don't really doesn't quite get it um you know they don't quite come off as they need to as a sort of a sort of higher being of understanding really what well done here with magnus um magnus and the khan were obviously tight the khan is really disappointed but basically to summarize the khan learns the khan gets definitive answers from magnus because magnus is like man i'm so over all of this i will just tell you what's up and to be honest I'm probably going to go join the bad guys because there's no going back for me now. Um, and there's even an offhand comment just to really chef's kiss the conversation. He's like, yeah, I keep, keep getting called. Magnus is like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. Lorgar keeps calling me to nag me to join him, which is kind of like what we saw in um, Betrayer, right? At the start of Betrayer. Yeah. And it's just like Law. So it's so it's actually flipped. It's like Lorgar won't leave Magnus alone. He keeps nagging him. Come on, man. Come on our side. It's pretty cool over here. Um, we got cookies. Like, and Magnus is like, well, yeah, I'll probably join because I've just not got anywhere else to go, and I might as well just go crazy. Um, 
So that's that's. I mean, you've you've pro- if you've listened to this, you've probably read Scars. You know that the conversation is much more interesting than that. But we're summarizing and shit talking here, so that's all you're getting, I'm afraid. And then the car walks out, and he's like, "Wait, why do I hear not even boss music? Is it though? In, in terms of what happened? No, I get. I mean, is it boss music? Does he hear boss music, or does he hear he, like? He doesn't hear boss music. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. He's like, wait, Bob, wait. Why is the emotional music ending and the normal music coming back? And we get another. I mean, it's not. Say it with me, Varela. It's not a White Scars novel unless there's uh, Death Guard, what? obviously. And then there's another twist. Another twist. I think personally, if they'd done one more big thing like this, it 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 might have been a step too far. I think he's walked the line. Chris here, and that's what makes it so good. Bravery to 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 go for it. I mean, you forgot to add that he literally stabs uh that fragment of Magnus's soul, and it blows up. Pedantics. But it's not pedant. It's, it's uh, that's where the there, that's where the emotional music ramps up, man. And then it ends Semantic, when he gets yeah. to the surface. Yeah, because that's for Khan making his choice, basically, isn't it? He's like, damn, Fort Horace was a was a real one. It turns out he's a rat, like the rest. He's a of them. stinky boy. A stinky rat. So he walks out. And he's like, the Mortarians there with a load of Death Guard, and uh, I know it's, it's another great conversation. Which was your favorite? Uh, the one with Magnus, honestly. Magnus. Yeah. I think we've barely seen any of Mortarian, right? Yeah. No, Mortarian like, doesn't speak much. Uh, but but in the horror te- in what we've covered so far, like even in Flight of the Eisenstein, which is m- more or less a Death Guard book, we don't get a lot of him. Yeah, he's no, pretty... he shows up very. He's at the start. He's at the start where he sort of reinforces his faith in Garrow, and uh, and then he's not. Yeah, he's not in it a lot. He's in. He's at. He's in a thousand suns at Nikea. Or we we don't hear him too much though. It's more just what we get a summary of what he said. And yeah, he's in this one. And I think this is the biggest insight that me and Varela have had so far into why he's doing what he's doing. Um, and it's kind of sad, really. It kind of comes down to now, he he's made his decision. I, I think he regrets it already. I do. I think he has realised he is going to be very lonely in this, in this, this world if his side wins. He doesn't yeah. like the people he's fighting with. Most of them are embracing the warp. It's like what he hated the most. In fear, based on how this conflict started, he should be one of the most loyal legions out there. But he's just he's just picked the wrong side at the end of the day. And I mean, yeah, in some ways he doesn't have a great fall. His actual fall is not it hasn't really been explained yet in, in what we've covered. But now he's here trying to reason it, and and he just doesn't. He, he just whiffs it, you know? Yeah, this whole conversation it. is just Mortarian yelling, bricks and uh, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me, as the Khan absolutely destroys him verbally. Yeah. The, if This is like a quick time event, and Mortarian is just missing every button. He just doesn't know, he doesn't know what to say. He says all the wrong things. And, uh, and the Khan's like... It, it feels very... Um, obi-wan and anakin in in the end it's like uh sort of like only a sith dealings with absolutes and he's you know the sun glosses over and 
they uh, they get ready to throw down. And yeah, not only does the Khan destroy him verbally, I, he gets him on the back, Mortarion on the back foot very quickly. And it's, but you know, Mortarion, it's interesting because Mortarion says something along the lines of, remember this well, because this is, this is going to be me and you forever. Is it, you know, it's me, me and you forever, Jagatai. But next time this happens, the battle lines will have been drawn. Now, obviously, we know. People wouldn't have known this at the time, but it's for Siege when they next meet. And and we know that because Warhawk's out. It's all over the cover. They're going to get a big round two. I wonder if it goes any differently um, once uh, Mortarion is all nurgled up. But, uh, yeah, basically, the Khan lays the smackdown on him, right? Uh, it's It looks like it. It during the fight itself, but at some point Mortarion actually says something that um, makes the Khan hesitate for like 0.0001 seconds, right? And then mm. the Han is kind of on the back foot, and then it's just kind of back and forth, and at the very end it just says that they're both like, ragged essentially, like the, yeah. their armor is like, full of cuts uh, Jagatai's Dao is full of Mortarion's blood and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. And then the Death Guard learn that they're sh- they're gonna lose their ships in orbit, isn't it? I believe they get they is it the White Scars start firing on them? Yeah. Uh, so essentially, at this moment, uh, we'd have to go over another arc completely to cover that because now we go to Shaban's point of view again. Uh, he's yeah. warned uh, Jemalan Noyan Khan, who essentially told him, "Yeah, you're a fucking idiot. Shut, shut your ass, shut your ass up, kid." Like, what well, does know? he warn him of? He warns him of the lodges. Right? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and he's like, "Oh, dude, you know how many Hans have come to me with more solid proof than you, and with more like important stuff, and I just didn't do anything." Lamau, I don't do anything. What? Is... <laughs> come on, man. And yeah. Shaban is just like, well, guess I'll have to take it into my own hands. And uh, he decides to storm the the sword storm. Uh, so yeah, hey. in the middle of all of those ship movements, because they're all moving ships and whatnot, uh, getting shuttles in between ships, so they so essentially they can reinforce the. I'm I'm guessing it's so they can reinforce the lodge ships or ships that don't have as much as many lodge members, right? Yeah, angling everything to suit to better them because they know it's coming. The yeah. lodges are about to try a, but by all accounts as well, it's like they're going to try a relatively bloodless takeover. Yeah, they, they, they don't want to. So much. They don't want to fire shots essentially. Yeah, uh, but yeah. In in the meantime, we also have Ilya who is watching all of this with her eidetic memory and watching these four gigantic ships in the horizon approach and the ship being an absolute disarray. And she's like, yo, what the fuck is going on? What are you doing? What are you doing? This is dumb. And the, the, like her chaperone, as she eventually realizes, just says, I can't say. Uh, which is, if you don't know, the lodge the lodge call card, you know? Oh, yes. And she's just like, well, guess I'll do some <laughs> some tinkering of my own. <laughs> and Shaban Khan's like, okay, guys, so you've heard of jet bikes. What about void bikes? <laughs> and oh, they'll mount right. in these like one man speeders that are actually made for space with like big guns and whatnot. And they just 
launch from the, his ship, who, uh, which he has drifted closer to the sword storm without anyone noticing because, you know, all of the movements. Uh, and he's launched this 500 strong void bike. I, I'm calling it void bike. I'm not sure if it's called a void bike. You know what, are, what they're called? No, I like that name. Go with it. Void bike is good. Void bike is good. Uh, the, this 500 strong void bike attack on the sword storm. And he's like, well, everything's closed. Uh, and trying to shoot our way through would probably not end up well. We might be screwed here. And then Ilya's like, nope, presses a button, opens a uh, bay door. And he's like, oh, look, there's a void bay right there, completely they haven't, open. They have, it's important to note they haven't actually colluded together just yet. Yeah, okay. they, they haven't. Ilya's just like, well, these guys feel like they're doing the right thing. He's out thing. here playing Five Nights at Freddy's with controlling the doors and uh, and the oh, lights. You know, what it, uh, you know what it kind of reminds me of? What's it remind so, me of? So, you know how she has been playing Go with uh, the Han this whole time? Like, and yeah. getting absolutely destroyed. I think it kind of goes back to that. How um, she usually can't see far into the future. She just sees, like, one or two plays ahead. While the Han is seeing, like, 50 plays ahead, right? Yeah. Um, and that's why she always gets absolutely destroyed. And I think that might actually be... Because the Han constantly tells her, Oh, you're getting better. Even though she doesn't feel it. He's always like, Yeah, you're actually getting better. This is a lot better than you were at the beginning. And I think this might be actually the result of that. She's like... She sees all of these jet bikes or void bikes or whatever. And she's like, okay, so like two hours from now, if these guys are doing what I think they are, this is going to happen. And this is good for me. This seems to be like the right course of action. At least like in the back of her mind, that's what I think is going on, right? Mm. Which I think ties it all in together and raises my score from an 11 to an 11.5. I'm not joking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah, she opens the bay door. They board the ship. Uh, they start fighting towards the... Um, I say fighting. They weren't really fighting. They were just kind of shoving past people for the most part. Yeah. If, if someone tried to resist their advance, they killed them. If they didn't try to resist their advance, there's still white scars, menials, you know, or serfs or whatever. So you're not going to kill your own people exactly. for no reason, you know? Um, so yeah, they push all the way to the bridge uh, or below the bridge, uh, it said. Uh, and they're in this massive gantry with this stairwell that goes up into the lower bridge. Um, and they have this standoff with a another Brotherhood. Oh no, what Brotherhood could it be? Oh, it's the Brotherhood of the Moon. It's Torgan, right? It's Torgan. And uh, Shaban and Torgan have this whole uh, talk, and Shaban's like, I don't want to do this, like, just give up. It's not too late to give up and join with me and stop this madness. And Torgan is like, nope, too late. I'm already in it. And uh, yeah, Shaban... The reasoning's pretty good as well. It's yeah. like... It, it kind of calls back to the whole Terran versus... I mean, obviously, there's a natural appeal for Torgan. He, he wants to be closer to the Warmaster, who was meant to be his Primarch. He'd been told was going to be his Primarch for a long time. Um, but he sees the White Scars. He's like, if the White Scars just, you know, rein themselves in, they could become this incredibly powerful force uh, to be used by the Warmaster rather than this sort of gandering sort of loping force across the galaxy that they are at the moment with no sort of cohesion as he sees it um and he's basically they've tapped into the sentiment that he that you know he never really belonged in that legion he's butthurt he didn't get chosen <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so he's been played as much as anyone but he just he can't see it 
But um, even Shaban like thinks, oh, I can hear the regret in his voice, but now it's too late. And yeah. he, he just kind of goes like, yeah. So you guys know that sentiment that Krieg push, just push into machine gun nests because they can, right? Well, yeah. in, in this case, they're pushing into machine guns nest, nests because they don't really have a choice. So Shaban's just like, well, guess that's that. Charge! <laughs> just goes like, cool. yeah. It's yeah. this massive. It's not five hundred anymore. It's like four hundred and fifty, maybe. Uh, space Marines charging across this massive gantry into a nest of really well positioned and well defended positions, and it doesn't really matter. They lose like thirty Space Marines, maybe, and then they just start tearing into Torgan's forces because obviously Torgan's forces, you know, having their heavy weapons and whatnot, they're not that good at melee. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he sort of. There's a brief sentence where he says, "Yeah, there's probably more hidden, but there's only two hundred I can see, and I have more gut. You know, double the numbers. Yeah. So as long as you know, I think that you know, it's they're basically playing off as how they always have been. It's the the sort of rigidity and um, stoicism of a Terran unit versus a true Chagorian unit, which is just get in their face so before they can realize what's happening yeah it is what happens it, it, it is indeed what happens like they don't lose that many men uh as they rush across the gantry and they start just tearing into the turn i said they're not that good at melee obviously they are space marines so they are good at melee uh they do put up a fight but eventually they fall back uh shaban realizes it's like a an orchestrated fallback yeah. uh even though he's dueling with torgan as he commands his unit it's it's really it shows that like the power behind the space marine captain because he's not only like fighting this equally formidable opponent right that and everybody is doing like essentially perfect moves uh mirroring what's going on on the surface as well which i think is cool um which is mortarian and the han for anyone that didn't catch it yeah uh and at the same time he is actually commanding his brotherhood he's like giving out orders in the middle of that chaos, and he's managing to push uh, the Brotherhood of the Moon back. Um, and you know, you gotta you gotta think back. He went like, "Oh, there's probably more hidden, right?" Uh, yeah. And this fake, uh, not really fake, but this fake retreat, kind of fake retreat, starts happening, and a bunch of his Brotherhood follow after. He almost followed after Torgan, and he's like, "No, wait, stop!" And like, just out of nowhere, just like. 50 million guns just shower down on the on these the small group of uh white scars that actually made it into the choke point uh that torgan had set up and they just kind of vaporize they're just like gone you know mm. um and yeah that's like essentially the fight um from shaban's point of view only because then we swap over to Ilya, and Ilya's like oh god what the heck i hear shots everywhere this is bad. Well, I need to get the Hun back in here because this is obviously infighting. Those ships aren't; those other ships are not nearly close enough to board us. I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do a pro gamer move, <laughs> and I'm gonna try and get over to that goddamn teleportarium and get the Khan back. Uh, and yeah, we then cut back to Shaban, and he's like, "Oh, we're outnumbered three to one. Like, we're never gonna win this, but fuck it." Uh, Azek Noyan Khan is going like, "Yeah, just join us. We don't need to." keep on with this madness we can just fight together um uh, and shaban's like never you're a goddamn idiot you stupid 
asshole, why did you do this to our goddamn legion and whatnot? And then all out of nowhere, you hear, uh, I think they start charging, and then you hear a bang, like a flashbang, and everybody's like, oh, I guess we're dead. But no, it's Jamalan Noyan Khan. Apparently, he does take things seriously. He does take stuff into his own hands. And he's like, Hazrat Noyan Khan, this has gone too far. Surrender. And he's like, no. And then just like equal numbers beating themselves up on the on the bridge, right? Yeah, very scruffy, isn't it? Yeah. Like sort of bashing each other close, closed fist. It's, um, it's, it's full on, bruh. It's and then, full on. F- fortunately... Um, fortunately, the last thousand son left to, as we know it, or as they know it, is able to part the sort of etheric field that has stopped um, communications and teleportation. And the Khan appears. And literally, Hasig is there, like, bleeding out. And the Khan's like, don't even acknowledge him. He just steps out and he stares and he's like, man. Wait, wait, wait. I told you. You skipped some I, few important I steps. I mean, we're one hour 28. What, what am I missing, eh? Okay, okay, okay. So, Shaban's running towards Hazek Khan. He finds Ilya. Ilya's like, yo, stop. I have a bead on the Khan. I just need to get to the teleportarium. So, Shaban grabs her, starts running towards the teleportarium, gets shot the hell up because it's completely open, yep. but still gets her there. She presses the button. Khan shows up. Khan's like, what the heck is going on here? The people closest to him are like, oh, I guess we shouldn't be fighting after all. He keeps on moving through the fighting. The fighting stops wherever he goes. And then he walks up to Azik. He's like, what the hell have you done with my fleet? What have you done with my goddamn legion? And he's like, it was necessary. We must join forces with the... He gets stabbed through the chest. Uh, yeah. It's a really powerful scene because the Han stabs him through the chest without even thinking, lifts him up, looks him in the eyes and goes like, you're a goddamn idiot. And just like slides him off the sword off to the side. And then he starts ignoring him and going like, yo, are you all dumb? What is this? Yeah. It's, um, he, yeah, he, he always thought his legion was better than that. Didn't he? He, um, he didn't, you know, he didn't, I mean, you got not got your Sue guy there to carry out your will. Bad stuff's going to happen, huh? Yeah. It's, um, and he he needed to he needed to get everyone's attention, and he needed to end it end it quick, didn't he? Because because uh, he's gonna need all the boys. He's gonna need all the boys because the traitors of traitors are the baddies, you know. It's um, and basically, I believe there's like an alternate history, isn't there, called the Dornian Heresy? Yeah, I'm not sure if that's is, canon, but yeah, there is. But that'd be like. The Khan would still be in the same place, wouldn't he? Because um, Dawn calls him from terror, right? And says, we've I'm, been betrayed. I'm not so sure how it, it works. St- I'd like to think that the White Scars still, it, it plays out in a similar fashion, but they might go the other way. I don't know. I don't know if it's a straight swap loyalists, but anyway. I mean, and that sort of brings us to the end of Scars. And there, I mean, the, the episode timestamp. We we barely really paused anywhere. We're at one hour thirty, but there was just so much. But it just was paced just just well enough. You know, the space wolves bit was fast and aggressive, like the space wolves are and vicious. And then it was over. They didn't waste time going back to them. It was like that's that part done. It was a cool cool addition. Didn't need to be anything more. 
You know, the Shattered Legions are in there just enough to help you sue guy on his way. It's great. And then, and now the White Scars will no doubt be heading back to try and join the Loyalist fight. I'm sure that it'll be very easy for them and they'll just get to Terra within a couple of days. Um, and that's why the next book, Path of Heaven, is so short because it's just such an easy ride for them and nothing goes wrong. But we'll have to wait and see. Anything that, any one thing, rather, one thing that you really want to get in there. Oh, that's definitely, it's such a great book. I mean, I think we've done great. a good job. I think we've done a good job. I think so I too. Then in that case, we shall wish you a happy holidays. Merry Christmas to those who are celebrating and a happy new year to all. And we will see you soon. Next week, we'll probably do a short story so we can both get our teeth into Path of Heaven. And uh, from me, Sing, it's Merry Christmas. And from Varela, I'll see you. Bye now. Hi, this is Edgar Varela here. We kind of forgot to record the Patreon thanks, so here it goes. Uh, huge thanks to all our Patreons, especially Vasily, our Primark tier Patreon. Uh, your help is much appreciated. It helps us keep running the show. And thanks for listening. Bye. Oh.